0: Welcome to Red. Welcome to Red Alert. I'm your host, Joe.
1: And I'm Cindy.
0: And today we're going to be talking about a lot of things on the Red Wings docket. Obviously, the season's coming closer, and Cindy is getting happier because she is the Motor City Ice Queen.
1: Yes, ma- yes, sir, for sure.
0: I know you're excited about your hockey. You're not really an excited person about football, so, you know, we're getting, getting there, there. We're getting I'm there. getting
1: there, Joe. I am. You know what? I'm getting there. Actually, I'm getting more and more excited because I think the Lions are really going to have a breakout year. I know everybody's saying same old Lions. I refuse to say that. One thing is for sure. So I'm getting more excited. But one thing is for sure. The reason I'm excited about the Red Wing season, more so than I've even been in the past, is that this is definitely one of the best Teams, I believe that the Red Wings are going to put on the ice one of the best rosters we're going to have, one of the best prospect Woo. pools Woo. that we have had in Bold years. Bold claim, yeah, absolutely.
0: What a hot 100%. Prove start-
1: me wrong. I'll, are, I'll be that guy sitting at that table. Prove me wrong.
0: We are we are starting our hot. So here's here's where we're going to go with this. So. We did pre-show. We talked about all all stuff pre-show. So we have the three questions facing the Detroit Red Wings. We have prospect tourney recap. We have the who will make the roster. We'll have the Bertuzzi vaccine mandate saga that hopefully is coming to an end. We hope. Um, and you have to take your victory lap about that too.
1: You bet. You never. You know, I never miss a victory lap ever.
0: Yeah, you know, when you do a show with the po- <laughs> people, when you do a show with the politician, especially like, you know, uh someone uh, on a Red Wings podcast, every little thing that they say right is like even if they get it they're betting one out of ten, they they love to take the victory lap.
1: I'll never let you forget it.
0: So the three questions facing the Red Wings we're gonna get to right now. Um do you have any like questions about like the Red Wings roster or everything like that?
1: Well, you know, the NHL did an article uh, recently that talked about three questions they had for the Red Wings. And the first question that they asked is, can they make the Stanley Cup playoffs? I think that that's a question that we have talked about a lot here on Red Alert. It's something that's been on our radar because it was almost like a countdown. You know, even a couple of years ago, we were saying, all right, they're getting there. They probably won't make it yet, but they're getting there. We talked about it being on our wish list or whatever. I think now that the idea that the wings are going to go to the playoffs is now moved from a wish list to, to do list. I think it's absolutely possible. And I think it's probable that they're going to make the Stanley cup playoffs at some point, uh, you know, they're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, How far are they going to go? How deep into the rounds? I don't know, but it would not surprise me to see them make it to the second round. But uh, I think they're absolutely going to be in the first round of the playoffs for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I I do think that they can make the playoffs. And in the NHL article, you referenced, they said that it's still going to, they said still it's going to be tough to make the playoffs for the first time in seventh season in the Atlantic Division. The Red Wings have to contend with the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, and then not to mention the Ottawa Senators who had her goalie, Cam Talbot, and forwards to Brinkett and Claude Giroux, which I think is reasonable, but it's a reasonable take. But Boston's going to start out injured. Um, we don't know what the hell Florida is going to put on the, the, you know, they, they fired their coach who got them to the point that they were at. They fired him. They brought in Paul Maurice. And you know how I feel about Paul Maurice, you know, uh, you know? Yeah. Not, not a fan. I think that he's, he's kind of a overrated NHL coach. If we're, we're talking about overrated people, man, he is at the top of the list. Cause if he, if you can't win with that Winnipeg roster that they had for years, I don't care who you have on your team. You're probably not going to win with him at all. So I, that was one of the people that if the Red Wings hired him, I was going to be like, whoa, boy. But, like, I really don't see these guys. I really don't see all these teams. Like, the, you know, Boston's going to struggle at the gate, I think, because they're going to be injured. Uh, Florida, I have the questions with the coaching. Tampa Bay and Toronto, obviously, you think is going to be good. Ottawa's going to be good. But I think Detroit and Ottawa kind of mirror each other.
1: Yeah, and I think – that Toronto you know they're they're always a bridesmaid never a bride you know Toronto always falls apart at some point uh the Leafs fans know this right there it's kind of like Lions fans are often compared to Leafs fans um they just can never really get it together at some point they implode we've speculated in the past that that's because maybe they rely too heavily on analytics and they don't take intangibles into account too much and therefore they're unbalanced and you know they You know, one part of their game always suffers, and it's usually a a fatal suffering. Um, It usually is a fatal flaw in in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. And I don't see where the Toronto Maple Leafs have changed that. So therefore, I think they're going to be in the run, but they're definitely vulnerable. So in addition to all of the other ones that you've mentioned, I think that when it comes to Toronto, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're inherently beatable. And I think the Wings are going to be able to put everything necessary on the ice in order to
0: do that. Yeah, see, here's where I here's where I come in with the Ottawa Senators. I'm not confident about their goaltending. I think people are blowing it out of proportion. I mean, Cam Talbot he couldn't even start in Edmonton when they needed a goalie. And then you look at the Anton Forsberg. I mean, he's pretty decent, but he's not the guy that's going to wow you. I really think that the line. I mean, I really think the Red Wings have the better. Um, I, I think they have the better goaltender.
1: Oh, and even look at what they've got even coming up. The thing I like about Detroit when we're talking about, you know, being in the crease is that they've got a tremendous amount of depth now. Not only yeah. you've got Nadelkovich, you've got, you know, Huso is huge. Huso, you can't underestimate or undervalue uh, value the the benefit of the huso acquisition okay he's huge uh you've got nadelkovich who i think is going to be able to come into his own now that there's not so much pressure you've got look we've got in the pipeline you know you've got not only sebastian Koso, who's you know obviously not going to come up but you never know i mean look at what what, what happened in st louis right we will talk about uh, that and-
0: in the next one too
1: Yeah, we had to go, they had to go four deep. They went four deep into their goalies and then the guy ends up winning the Stanley cup, you know? So, um, but you've got a couple of other goalies also who are, you know, who would be, um, any team would like to have them. And they're in our prospect pool. There's a couple other ones, you know, Bednar's another one who is in there. So you've got four goalies right there that are going to be capable, I believe of, of, of elite level play, uh, And they may have to get the call this year. So, I mean, I think we've got depth in net. That's great. I think the blue line's been so tremendously improved. Uh, Again, you've got some depth in the defensemen, which you haven't had. You actually can put together a decor that makes some sense. That's actually going to be competitive. When is the last time you can say that about
0: the Red Wings? Here's, Here's where I kind of take offense with what they say about Ottawa. Because, you know, I think Ottawa's a good team. Okay, but they lost their they lost their uh goaltender Philip Gustaf Gustafs- uh, Gustafson. Uh, he had a 9.33 save percentage last year. They lost Matt Murray. Matt Murray wasn't that great, anyways. He went to Toronto, which Toronto has goaltending issues. Let's just be frank with it. But like you look at the defensive angle of the uh Ottawa Senators, right? Thomas Chabot is pretty good. We could, he's probably you know with Cider on that pair, but Sider is probably indef- indefinitely better because Cider is a top ten defenseman right now my opinion they have they have brought they have eric Bronstrom who is a pretty good player but he's not he's not gonna wow you i mean if you look at the roster between the detroit robin's defensive core and the ottawa center's defensive core there's not much difference i mean there's some guys that you go okay that guy maybe he could be good but there's no there's no like shutdown lines that you see on the defensive courts
1: absolutely that's correct and when it comes to even the Florida Panthers, you know, they had their moment. They had a very good season last season, but the season prior to that was necessarily, I don't think anything right write home about. It was all right. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay's going through a little bit of restructuring. They still have some of their key people. You know, yeah. they still got Victor Hedman. They still have, you know, they've got Vasilevsky who's, you know, the bomb.com. Right. I mean, They've got some of their key people that are in place there, but yet they are going through a little bit of retooling as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think you're going to have a couple of these organizations that are going through some transition where they may be, I don't want to say on the descending end of things. Right. Uh, but the, the Red Wings are, are the on the ascending side of things right they're on their way up i think some of these other organizations are going through some transitions that might cause them to have a little bit of a dip i mean you can't be great all the time forever and ever i think there's a window of opportunity for the wings and with the culture the culture is so important you know i was reading the other day and listening to a podcast and talking about in business how important culture is all of your top ceos of any big organizations billion dollar, multi-billion dollar corporations, uh, multi-million dollar corporations, these people, when you talk to their leadership, they talk about not management, they talk not about strategy, they talk about culture. It's all about culture. And that's one thing that I believe the Red Wings have really begun to dial into that I think some of these other organizations, some of these other teams in this division might be doing some retooling on, yeah they and that leads to the second question in that article, which is what is their identity that is so tied to culture, and I think that's probably the next thing we probably need to talk about, Joe, what is your thoughts in terms of the question and identity
0: the, so thelan says he wants the rubbings to consistently be harder to play against, and you know, and that's kind of coach speak, I think a little bit because obviously you want your guys to play hard, I mean. Dan Campbell preached that with the Lions. You, you see AJ Hinch say that he wants you know the team to play harder. You see it all over sports. Like they say that we we need to play harder. All oh, that garbage. What I think he really means though so, is he, I think he wants to have, be more physical. I think he wants to be more tech, You know tactical when they do make a a, a a hit or they're checking or they're they're precise and they're back checking. They're not you know allowing the team to get up the ice free freely. You know when you look at the, uh, the division that they're in, you know, there's a lot of good offensive players in this division. I mean, the centers have a lot of good offensive players. The Leafs have good offensive players. The Lightning have good offensive players. The Panthers have good Bruins. Name it. They're, they're all good. I mean, even B- Buffalo, who is not a great team, they have some offensive players that can kill you. So I think what he means is, you know, we need to be harder to play against. We need to play, you know, more physical, be on them and, and kind of make them uncomfortable.
1: For sure. I I think that when you look at the direction that the Red Wings have gone in terms of their acquisitions, look at the size alone, the physical size, the physicality of their players. Uh, They're definitely, you see a trend happening. You know what I mean? You can see a trending. So I think that certainly, and it's always been historically, the Wings have always had, when they've been unbeatable, they've had, grinders, they've had tough guys, they've got had guys who can use the body, who can play a physical game. And when you come into the playoffs, some people would even argue that you better play a physical game because you're gonna have you're gonna need it. Yeah. Um, and we've got some of the ability to do that. One of the comments Steve Iserman made in that same article is he talked about being harder to play against and he said that harder to play against isn't necessarily in running guys through the glass or anything. It's being more dogged on the puck. Being more responsible with the puck, being tighter defensively, more diligent defensively, competing harder. Exactly. What I think, what I think Steve is saying, and you talked about what you thought Lalonde was saying. What I think Steve is saying is that we need to be harder to play against. In that we just don't have many areas of opportunity yeah. for the opposition to take advantage of us.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's it goes down to kind of like your, you know, in any sport that you play. I mean, you're always trying to make sure that the other team doesn't get free will, at, you know, at doing something, you know, like when you're playing the Maple Leafs, like you can't let Austin Matthews get in front of the net and, and, and make a play or a pass across ice or Marner is making a pass to Matthews or like, that. that's stuff that loses you games. So I think, you know, what you just said is is totally true.
1: Well, and I think Steve's also talking about consistency as well. You know, he's talking about doing things well and doing them consistently well so that when you're the opposition and you're trying to find your you're doing a, a SWOT assessment right you're doing strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats anytime you go into an environment whether it's a game or a series or whatever or you use this tool and you know we use it all the time in business or politics or whatever when you're doing an assessment on your opponent and you're saying all right their strengths are here but where are their weaknesses What Steve, I think, wants to say is that if I'm looking at the Red Wings and saying, all right, where's the weaknesses? I mean, they might be, for example, last season, defense. Our defense was so inherently weak, everybody knew all they had to do was lean on our defense, and then that's where their window of opportunity was going to open up, and they just had to go in and take what they wanted. Yep. But if if they're looking at us going, all right, well, their defense is going to be tough now because not only are they deep, they've got – they brought on Sherrod. they've got Mo Sider who's shown us what he can do and now they've got all these young guns like Edmondson and uh some of these other defensemen that are coming up oh crap you know that we we're, we're going to have a hard time no matter what pairing they put on the ice and no matter who gets injured oh that's going to be a problem and it's going to be tough and then if they look at the at the forwards and the and you know the, all the offensive forwards they're going to be like oh damn now we have to worry about you know if lucas raymond's on the ice man they put that top line on the ice you know raymond um larkin and uh and uh whoever they're going to put up there with uh maybe bertuzzi or whatever um i think they might move bert to the second line but who knows but anyway um they're gonna say oh you know they're gonna go down the lines they're gonna say damn we're we're kind of screwed no matter where we you know there's no way for us to play consistently against every line they've got. Cause you know what? We've got to play every line they've got differently. Cause they're that deep in talent. So the windows of opportunity are going to be less and less and consistently. So that's what Steve's, I think is what, that's what his comments say to me. Um, and I think the identity of the wings is going to be like, damn, we're unbeatable. I don't care where, what area you look at we're going to give you a hard time.
0: Yeah, I think what you just said about being having depth and everything, I think that's a that's a very important thing when you're talking about hockey because in hockey, like it's it's a different type of thing. I mean, in it's it's like a football. I always compare football and hockey together cuz it's kind of like football nights, you know. Mhm. Like you try to exploit the mismatches that you have against the other team. Let's so let's say let's put it all together. So you let's say you play the 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 Maple Leafs and they're at home and you don't have the last change and you, you get Pew Suter out there, Kublik uh, and uh Zadina up there and they're, and you're on your third pair defensemen. Here's what they do. They bring out Matt Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and they say, and they put out their best two defensemen. I mean, that's what happens when you're not deep. Like there's, there's a little bit of things that they can exploit. So if you're just decent enough to where like your talent isn't, you know, at the AHL level, like, So there was years that we had the Rebels playing. The bottom two lines were awful. Like they're just right. I mean, you're like you're 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 like
1: like, these guys belong in a junior league somewhere.
0: (laughs) These guys belong to ECHL. You know all about that. Oh God! Like listen, when when, when you got people that are you know you got depth, you got talent, you know you can go in a third and fourth line. You're like okay, they're out there against Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. I know they're they're not up to the same skill level, but I can expect them to play, you know, a high, you know, high game, you know, play good defensively, not get shown out. Because if you ask me last year, there was times where um, the third and fourth line would get sh- just totally destroyed by the other team's first and second line.
1: Well, you know, and correct. And if you look back even to the Red Wings uh, heyday, Okay. You look back at the 97, 98 teams to 02, 08, particularly like 97, 98, and you look and see at the skill level you have in those first two lines, were unbelievable, right? Like the top six were like, oh my God, you know, it, it was just stock with talent. But if you go in down into the third and the fourth lines, then you've got a whole nother problem. If you can get first, if you if you can put a line out there that's gonna match the talent of one of our top two lines now. That's great, but let me tell you what. Then we're going to put our grind line out there. Now you got to deal with that. So you've got to be able to make sure that you've got something that can counter. I mean, is everywhere you looked, you had challenges yeah. coming up against the Red Wings in '97, '98. Yeah. And right now we're seeing this coming together with all of our new acquisitions we've brought on. You've got people who can be tough. You know, Piran is a bit of a a, a a bit of a problem for people. You know, he's an instigator. He's yeah. also skilled.
0: He's skilled too. Yeah.
1: Right. Then you got cop. Cop is definitely a producer, but he's also very smart. So it's like, OK, so you got a smart player. You got a leadership type of player. I think he's probably going to wear the A. You know, you kind of got an all around guy. I mean, you just look at solid talent, but you also have people who can fill in other elements of the game. We didn't have that before. And at, a, at an NHL level, you yeah. might had guys like that who tried it but they didn't go anywhere. I mean, they, they just, you know, they, they didn't have the skill level to go along with some of those other things. Now we have so many multi-dimensionally talented guys on there who've got some experience. And then the young guns coming up, you're seeing talent. Like they're talking generational type talents. Most cider is a generational going to be a generational talent. Everything is pointing to that, especially when you have Nick Lindstrom saying he's one of the best. So right, it's like, you have an identity with the Red Wings where I understand where Steve's going with the we're going to be pl- hard to play against because if you look at the evidence of his acquisitions and the evidence of what, of the people that are probably going to make the roster, uh, you're seeing evidence of that they're impossible to play against. I think, I think Steve says we want to be hard to play against. I want to have the identity where we're impossible to play against. It's yeah. like you dread you dread it when you have to play the Detroit Red Wings. Before we were like, oh, that's an easy point. That's an easy point. We're playing the Red Wings. They're a joke. Yeah. No, we're a totally different team now. And if they bring that culture with it, where they're like, look, good, just try to play against us. Good luck. Put out the best you've got because we can answer that every time.
0: I think what CBI has said about you know, being cautiously optimistic about being deeper I mean, let's be honest. Steve's not going to be come out there and say, "Yeah, we're deeper. We're going to kick your ass and take names." You know what I'm saying? He's not going to say that. When he says cautiously, cautiously optimistic, I think what he's saying is, "Yeah, I do," and I think that, that that's that's the goal. And he's basically telling his team, "Like, I I know what I have on this roster right now, and that that's where, where that's where we're going to go with it." You know.
1: And you've said it before, Joe, and I think there's evidence of this too. He's building this like Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's going after skill. I mean, look at these late round picks. We'll talk about pro- the prospect re- returning recap, but you look at the prospect camp and you look at all the talent that, that, that's showing out. I mean, God, he even had a guy who he wasn't even signed to the, the roster that was showing out at prospect camp. I mean, this is, what, this is what your GM is doing. And this is how you know you got a good GM is, Listen, he's not going to he's not going to sit there and like be like okay, we're good now, we're good. He's going to always be working and trying to figure out what's the next best move for, you know, the team.
1: The best way I describe Steve Eiserman in terms of his approach is quiet progress. Quiet progress. He doesn't he's not a flashy guy. He's not going to go out there and be a big talker. Just yeah, we're just, you know, we're we're, we're making our way. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then boom, it's going to fall on you like you know, a freaking 20 ton sledgehammer, you know? And then he's going to say, Oh yeah, yeah. We were working on that. You know what I mean? He's that kind of a guy.
0: Well, that's the way he's always been. I mean, he's never been a flashy player. He's always been, you know, sticks, or as I say, meat and potatoes kind of guy. Um, So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, so the last part of the article and this is what I'm really interested to see what you say, Cindy, is how quickly can this team come together? Obviously there's new pieces you know, you got Andrew Kopp, who's, he's going to have surgery. I mean, he has surgery and he's out for preseason and uh, training camp. Um, you know, you got Fabry out. You got a lot of people out, uh, like Pisic, he, he got hurt too. But he said, um, you know, uh, how quickly can this team come together? Because in my opinion, I don't think it's going to take long for them to get going, get, you know, get kind of cohesiveness.
1: I don't think it's going to take much. And this is one of the things that I'm going to be looking for when I'm at training camp, uh, with the team, uh, in a couple of days here, I'm going to be looking for, is there a shared culture? Again, we're going to come back to this culture, bringing something together is you got to have a glue, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to win. All right. But they want it for their own reasons. The glue that holds it together is the culture. Is there a buy-in? from everybody on the culture is it being set forth by the executive team and by the management team by the leadership they have to set forth that culture and those expectations now do you have the rank and file do you have everybody else buying into that and if you do you're unstoppable because you'll do whatever it takes just naturally, you won't have to be told you won't have to be incentivized, nothing. It's going to come organically and then you, they will bond together over that. So um, I what I believe is going to be the key as to how quickly that happens and how effectively that happens is going to be how Derek Lalonde puts together the lines, how he puts the combinations yeah. together um, I think he'll have to probably recalibrate a little bit. I think training camp's going to be about a lot of that. It's going to see who's got a natural chemistry, or where is there, you know, um, complementary styles or complementary skills, and how he puts those things together. That'll tell us how quickly the team comes together. But do they have the overall culture? That's what I'm going to be looking for.
0: Yeah, you know, Eisenman said in this article, he says, I'm hopeful we'll get off to a good start. Obviously, it could take a little time for everyone to get sorted out and new faces to gel together. He said, so we'll see how it goes. But I think there's a lot of excitement. And then David Perron was asked a question. He says, I'm really excited for training camp already to get going and start building that. Sometimes it could take a lot of months. Sometimes it could take a little bit sooner than we think. I I really think that they're going to get started right off the hop. I think that like, I think cop. See that's the one that's gonna suck because you would hope that he would get in preseason action, get in the training camp, and be able to help out. But uh, he's gonna be not in training camp, not in preseason, so he's not gonna get those those you know things ironed out. So we're gonna we're gonna see a little bit of you know them trying to gel together in the season. But that's you know I think there, I think it's gonna be a really trans you know a good transition to the season. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. One
1: thing that I would say I don't argue at all in this is that there's a lot of excitement and it's across the board. There's excitement I can tell you in the executive offices from the people who I know. There's yep. excitement from the uh the roster players, there's excitement from the prospects. The prospects want to be Red Wings. Yep. The prospects want to be part of something very special that they sense is coming together here. Um, this is where they want to be. It's not like people, you know, they got their prospects on other teams. I know some of the guys I know who got drafted recently or in the last couple of years, they they're in organizations. They are not excited about, are they excited as hell to be, drafted by an nhl team absolutely are they necessarily happy about the team they're with no they just know that that's their foot in the door to the nhl you know what i'm saying yeah so but these prospects these prospects are excited to be red wing prospects uh so there's excitement there and there's a tremendous amount of excitement in the detroit fan base and in the detroit media I mean, there's nobody associated with hockey or the Red Wings in De- or the hockey in Detroit or the Red Wings who isn't excited about what's coming. And I think a lot of that is due to what Steve Eiserman's done. A lot of that is due to a lot of the new people coming in. And it's and there's no doubt you cannot underestimate the impact that Mo cider being rookie of the year. You cannot underestimate that Calder win that that really said look we have arrived and it's not just all bs it's not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and we're all in a dream world somewhere loving our red wings no no no, that is something tangible that we can say no we really we do have the start of a great thing here
0: so yeah excitement all around i think there's total excitement i think there's excitement about the prospects too i think that the prospects you know like you talk about the prospects and we look what we look towards our next segment we're doing the prospects, the prospect attorney recap um obviously, like we were hoping to see like growth from some people and then some surprises. but here you know, one of the standouts of the of the prospect camp was Sebastian Cosa, and I told you, Cindy, the last time we were we were we did the prospect you know in the last episode I, we, I, we talked about it. I was worried about Sebastian Cosa. But yeah, but he's starting to get in control of his self. The uh, Redman's coaching staff was supposedly like um, coaching him along. And that's that shows tremendous, you know, promise for what they think of Sebastian Costa going forward with this organization.
1: And that is just a finest as I've ever heard segue into our next segment, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're getting better. We're getting better
1: slick we're getting slick
0: exactly (laughs) so he started the he started the opener and he made some he made i've been reading from the athletic he started the opener and made some tough saves and then came on cold in relief in monday night's finale against toronto and stopped all 16 shots that he faced
1: well they're excited about sebastian kosa because we talked this about this when we were talking about the prospects before and we talked about how there were certain prospects that there were such high expectations for. There are so such high expectations that they had to show well in prospect uh, and in training in the prospect tournament and in training camp. And Sebastian Cosa was one of those. You know, there yeah. was so much anticipation for uh, beefing up. You know, our our net minders. There was so much. We heard she was doing so well in the Western Hockey League. Everywhere the guy went, it seemed like, you know, people were talking about Sebastian Kosa. So he, there was a certain level of expectation coming into it for him and, and Edmondson and quite a few others. So it's kind of like who, who showed up and who didn't? Who rose to the level of expectations who didn't? Sebastian Cosa clearly... Rose to the level of expectation, you know. Bednar, they thought he was kind of the, the the next coming until Sebastian Kosa came along, and there was concern that maybe no, now we're seeing some waffling on Sebastian Kosa. Maybe yeah. he really isn't all that, or maybe he doesn't have what it takes to to withstand the NHL pressure or whatever they were saying about
0: him. It was unfair criticism, but there was some that was, was that was that was fair, like the the glove side. But you know, you if you watch the prospect camp, you know, but like. Yeah, there was some. The guy
1: stopped what thirty-five out of thirty-six saves or thirty-five out of thirty-six shots, right?
0: So yeah, I mean, there's obviously he turned it around. There was people that were worried about him in the World Juniors too. It was just, especially being a Team Canada, that they 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 kind of raked him through the mud, and I really didn't think that was that was really um, smart because I thought I think he was I think he came out of that and was like, listen, when I go to the prospect tourney, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand out. And I think that's what he did too. I'm not worried about Sebastian Costa going forward. I'm really not. I he's going to take time to develop. Like de- people just need to slow their freaking roll.
1: I agree. He's a young guy, and I haven't seen anything to say that he's fa- that he's not showing any weaknesses that a goalie with his experience and his age hasn't shown before. So I, I don't see I, I I don't see where the concern is for Costa. I think. A lot of people he brings a lot of attention because number one, his size you know he's six six uh his very promising start uh in uh juniors and his performance there and everything else, so again, I think it's just managing the expectations and for people who expected to see a lot out of Sebastian Kosha kosa, I think they did during the prospect tournament, and I expect to see more in training camp
0: speaking of standouts now I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna take my victory lap, Cindy. <laughs>
1: You go, but you go, Joe. Go. The you two top it.
0: standouts were your me and your boy Elmer Soderblom. He played. Yep. He played pretty good. He was protecting the puck, good hands, good reach. Which you expected a six eight four. Um, he had good playmaking. He was, you know, he was pretty. He played pretty well. But the guy that I am excited about, because I think a lot of Rubbing's fans were kind of like, uh, you know, he, you know, I got a lot when I did a YouTube video. The prospect, you know, the three, uh, video spotlights. I did, yeah, I did cross Hannes, and people were like, He's a third liner. I'm like, Dude, when you watch the tape, does he look like a third liner? And then people were like, He's a third liner. I'm like, You, listen, you know what? Half these people don't, couldn't know their ass from their ass cheek. So I was like, This guy is going to be a good player. He comes to prospect, the prospect tournament, and he just shows the hell out.
1: Yeah yep he did
0: I mean he, he was he was active in the offense Um, he had some he, he had you know he's the one play that Soderblom scored on Hannes made a huge you know Soderblom you know passed the puck to Hannes and it was a it was a great pass and, and shot by Hannes I mean it was a great like he was making plays setting guys up and like that's that's what people want to see from their prospects
1: True. Ab- absolutely true. You've been a cross advocate for at least two years that I know. I think it's when you first brought them up. And uh, we're telling everyone, you got to look out for this kid. You got to look out for this kid. And now he's showing it. And that's great. Um, I think what it says is, I think the hockey Raiders says that he looks legit. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which we knew all along. Well,
0: I mean, if you would listen to us, you would have known he was legit.
1: Absolutely. They should have been listening to us. They would know this. Uh, Edmondson. uh, We talked about Simon Edmondson being one of the ones, you know, he's at the top kind of top of most people's list for players who they think, you know, prospects that might make the roster out of camp. And we talked about Edmondson having a very high, again, very high expectation and yeah. people wanting to see what, what they were going to see. I think everyone saw what they expected out of Edmondson. I don't think he blew the doors off it, okay? I, you, and know I know don't-
0: what, you know what, you know, what, you know what, The unfortunate part about this is, like, I've seen people on Twitter. I'm not going to name any names because they're, you know, they, they have some uh, they're media people and everything. But they're dragging his kids through the mud. They're like, I expected more. I'm like, listen, dude, it's yeah. prospecting. Like, the worst thing that could happen, you know, When I was talking, I talked to, a- one time I was talking to an NFL uh, coach. He's a positional coach. And he told his guys, like, don't freaking show out in practice. Like, don't. Like, you can get hurt. He's like, if you're a guy that's going to make the roster, just play the game and don't do anything stupid. And I think that's the way Simon Edmonds kind of took it, you know. Training camp is going to be huge for him. Him getting hurt in the prospect camp would do absolutely effing nothing for him.
1: I think that factored in for sure. You know, he put in a solid performance. He put in a solid
0: performance. He was good, he I was, think... he was good enough. I mean, he's got talent. Right. He, doesn't, he doesn't need to like be a try-hard guy.
1: Yeah, I. and quite frankly, I believe they probably would be telling a different story about Simon Edmondson if it wasn't for a cider. big surprise that came, well, it's it, it, cider for sure, but also the big surprise that came out of training camp, or excuse me, out of the prospect tournament, which when nobody was expecting, mm-hmm. and that's Riley Piercy.
0: Yeah, man, he played. He played. He played it was just unbelievable.
1: Talk about a guy coming out to prove something, and I'm pulling for this guy because I'll be honest with you, he wasn't really on my radar. He is now. He's on everybody's radar now. But what I really seem to like about it, and you know how I am. I mean, I love to look at talent. I I love to do analysis. But more so than that, I really like to get to know these guys as people. Um, That's really because I believe that the spirit feeds the body. Um, And, uh, you know, there was a saying, you know, one of my favorite coaches of all time would say the legs feed the wolf. Right. Right um so, well i would say the spirit feeds the body right so i want to know who you are and i've always said this and darren mccarty and i have had this discussion darren and i as you know are great friends and people who listen know that darren and i are very great friends and we've had this conversation before and and that is that um i want to know you know don't tell me what tell me who i want to know who you are before i know what you are and what yeah. you can do what intrigues me about riley Piercy is he showed what he can do But it's his spirit that came and showed up. That came from somewhere. That performance didn't just come out of nowhere. Now, people who have seen him in Flint say that they've seen a lot of this type of performance in the past, but it wasn't getting recognized. This guy came to play. He came to put out to let people know, to put them on notice that this is what he can do. Now let's find out who he is. But the fact that he brought that says a lot about who he is as a person. I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. And I believe that Riley Piercey may have just earned himself a job, certainly with the Grand Rapids Griffins. Um, but who knows? He may be a sleeper that sneaks his way onto the roster as well. If There's a spot. And if the others don't perform as they're expected to.
0: Yeah. And you never know about that. Riley Piercey was really, really good. But one guy I was, I, I was like, I liked when I was watching it. And um, he's actually got a famous uncle. Um, Jeremy Biakamatuka, Matuka. I couldn't
1: Uh, wait for you to pronounce his names because I did not mention Jeremy because, and if I did, I was going to just say Jeremy. Can you, can you say that last name for us again, Joe? You did it so well.
0: Bianca Batuka. Now, Batuka. Now his, his uncle is a famous football player. Yes. For the university of Michigan, Tim Bianca Batuka. And he ran wild against Ohio state, but you know what? What I liked about him, about Bianca Batuka is he had a good shot? He was he, he was really fluid with his skate skating and everything, and like listen, like I mean he's a six four guy, so like there's potential there f- most definitely, and obviously Stevie Y seen something when he, he he invited him to prospect camp,
1: no doubt. Now wouldn't you love to know? By the way, just as a aside, wouldn't you love to know Bianca Batuka's nickname? Like, is it Tuxie? What do you think his nickname is? Because they, there's no way in hell they're calling that guy and going, "Hey, Bianca
0: Batuca. Right, 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 right,
1: hey, yeah. "Jeremy," yeah. that just sounds a little too, a little too uh, girly for the NHL to me. But what do say, you think?
0: I would say JB. JB. Yeah.
1: JB. I don't. The, know, I think that's too many. I,
0: I had, I had a guy. Sco- I had a co- I had a coach one time that I was talking to. Now he's a f- high school football coach or whatever, but he's in an area where. There's a lot of, you know, um, like Russian and Swedish and, Denmark, you know, the people from Denmark. And he goes, listen, sometimes you just have to make it simple and be like, here here you go, JC, or here you go, DJ, or he's like, I can't really freaking pronounce their name, and I'm not going to even <laughs> freaking try. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you, ma- you imagine yelling at football practice to Halliver uh, Schlossenbach, and you're like, all uh, right. Yeah, slow Shiva, come here. Like it's like like you're you're developing an accent while you're trying to yell at them. Right, right. But yeah, I, I was I was really intrigued by Biakabutuka, and I liked year one Riley Piercy. You know, he had four goals in that that opener. But like that's that's you know that's stuff you like to see for the uh, the guys that come on the roster for the prospect attorney that you wouldn't expect. You know,
1: I do like that. Well, everybody loves an underdog. They really do. Uh, And I think we've got lots of places where people can might call certain guys underdogs that are really showing up to shine. I think that's another great indicator for this team moving into this season because it's talking about, look, at not only do you see the guys that are on the roster, the ones that are in the media all the time. We've got these little sleepers in there. We've got these other kind of diamonds in a rough in the rough that uh, we're going to reveal to you as we develop them and again it's going to seem like they came out of nowhere but for those of us who are watching and you know joe and i are always watching on red alert people listen to us they're going to find out things first um but people are going to start they're going to start to reveal these little gems that they've got throughout their organization um and Steve's a big part of that, and, and he's starting to reveal them. And I think Riley Piercy was one of them. I think Biak Batuka is probably another one. It'll in, be
0: it'll uh, be interesting. To see several which, others. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see which one he he signs, you know? Yes, to, to and a contract. I contract. So that's that's going to be interesting. But I really yeah. want to get to the fourth point, and this is going to we'll transfer into our next segment after this. But we both we both had Amadeus Lombardi as one of the guys we were looking for, mm-hmm. and he played really really well in that prospect tourney but one of the guys i had circled and i'm going to take another victory lap cuz this don't happen often is Tuteev. Yes. Yeah, he he, he they the both those guys were crashing and that they were doing they were doing really good things that you expect out of, you know, uh those type of players. I mean, Tuteyev is a smart competitive guy who, you know, he's he's going to make plays. Um I'm excited to see him in Grand Rapids this this year. Uh he missed all last season. So getting him in the Green, Grand Rapids and seeing what he can do is, is pretty – that's going to that's gonna be fun to watch.
1: Well, one of you, know, you talked about Biak Patuka, and you talked about uh, – we talked about Simon Edmundson and a couple of other guys. There's some other guys that are very notable as well that all showed well so far in, in the prospect tournament, and that's Johansson, Vero, and Sabrango. The most uh, – they make a point of this, and, I'll look, and I'm and going to take an opportunity to agree uh, with the assessment – that one of the most impressive and in, encouraging things I would say that we saw when it came to our defensemen is that you saw them playing as a unit. Yep. You saw a gelling there. So this kind of goes back to something we talked about last uh, segment when we talked about how long it's going to take them to come together or whatever. Especially, it, it, Certainly among the D Corps, I can say we're already seeing that happen and we're seeing that happen among the prospects. Yeah. So that's a phenomenally good sign. Now, if they can replicate that on the among roster players, they'll talk about depth, talk about unstoppability. So, um the fact that these guys are already playing together well as a unit uh, is very encouraging.
0: Yeah, I just want to I just want to commend Stevie Y Hooray. Clap, def-
1: clap, my man
0: the defensive depth for this team in the prospect pool is un real because not only do you have a guy like Simon Emmonson who is a who was a you know kickstarter or whatever but you have Sabrango Emil Vero looked fin- he looked fantastic you have Albert Johansson you have Wallander you have all these guys that are you know that are in this prospect pool that you're hoping that you can get most out of them Man, it's been such a great job because where we were two years ago at this time, when you're talking about the prospect pool and the defense, maybe we were like, Oh, who's this Mo Cider guy? Like we knew who Mo Cider was, but a lot of people didn't know who Mo Cider was and they didn't even give him a realistic chance. I mean, there's people that were like, Mo Cider, why they draft Moe Cider? And you're like, Stevie does what Stevie does, and this is a prime example of why you really don't question him when he makes it when he makes a move on draft day like drafting Marco Casper over what the pundits said that he was going to draft. Like, uh, you know, you had a bunch of people that were saying that he was going to draft the kids from Winnipeg, the Winnipeg ice. Uh, but he drafted Marco Casper from the Swedish league hockey league. That showed you everything. Like the guy doesn't care what you think. He's going to do what he knows. And he, you know, scouted and He did that.
1: Maybe that should be the identity. When they talked about identity, Joe, maybe the identity for the Detroit Red Wings should be, the Swede Machine.
0: That is, that's, that's,
1: a, that's a good one. <laughs> we need to make another T-shirt. Like you had your 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 uh, most cider T-shirt. We should do the sw- Detroit Red Wings, the Swede Machine. gotta do We gotta do machine. it. We gotta do, yeah. that
0: we gotta do that. We gotta do that. We gotta copyright that too.
1: We gotta copyright it, and we gotta get some merch because people wanted. barty asked me about Red Alert and Between the Whistles merch, and that's all coming. Yeah.
0: it's so, all, all coming. Uh, it's all coming. Listen, I love I love everything we were talking about with the prospect attorney, but we have to get to our next point, which involves the prospect attorney. But we talked about last year at this time, we were talking about who's gonna make the roster out of tra- out of the training camp. Yeah. You know, and you were talking about you know, um Cider. I was talking yep. about I was talking about Lucas Raymond as well. Yeah. And we both liked them. And we were like, man, I, I could tell you what something would be better. We told people a year ago you better watch out for these two because they might make the roster. They might make the roster. And well, what do you know? And the most was basically a shoeing, but no one knew that Lucas Raymond would be that good.
1: Yeah. They didn't expect him on the top line
0: for sure. So I would have the, uh, the four. I'm going to list you pick mm-hmm. one. I'll pick one. If we agree that guy's making the roster. But okay. There's Bergeron, Jonathan Bergeron, mm-hmm. Evanson. Who he seems like a shoe in at this point, to be honest. Um, Johansson and Soderblom.
1: God, those are four really good ones. All four of them, I could see having a spot. Um, it's just going to depend on need, and I, I feel as if what's going to happen is you're going to see all four of those guys up with the big club at some point during the season. Let me say that. They're gonna be brought up when they um when we have injuries or
0: I there's I, other Cindy, things.
1: You're gonna see all four of them at some I point. I
0: think a spot opened. I think a spot opened. I think that I think with Andrew Cop getting injured, I think that opens the door for Jonathan Berger and to come up and kind of, you know, push the envelope. And that's the best case scenario is when Andrew Cop does come back. Let's say you push Bergeron to the third line, and 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 fourth line is a uh, Pew Suter. This is even better than we thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Bergeron definitely, I think Bergen definitely has a shot. Um, but I can see where Soderblom might fit the bill also, on either the third or fourth line.
0: Yeah, I think Soderblom is a guy, but I think he'll spend the uh the you know the year in uh, Grand Rapids. I, mean, I think
1: he needs to build his confidence. I think Bergeron is more of a confident player right now than Soderblom. Um, so I think you're right. I think he'll be in Grand Rapids. But I think we're going to see him at some point this year. Don't, uh, you know, mark my words. Mark it on your calendar. Everybody who's hearing this right now, today, I'm telling you, on September 21st, 2022, every one of those four guys you mentioned is going to – you are going to see them up with the club at yeah, some point this season.
0: Yeah, I think I've been since this year. Bold show. take. I think Edvinson's their shoe and to be honest. I think Berggren can push the envelope. I think Soderblom and Johansson will get some time in Grand Rapids. Um, but, you know, injuries play a factor. I mean, if, if someone gets injured, maybe they bring them up or maybe they bring up someone that we're not even mentioning. But if you ask me right now who can make the opening night roster, I'd be like, listen. Edvinson. I'd take Edvinson number one, and number number, yeah. two, number two would be Berggren. Who would be your yeah. number two? Um.
1: Edmondson, my second one would have to be Bergeron at this point out of those, yeah. three, out of those four. Um, and then I would probably go to, uh, I'd probably go to Soderblom.
0: Okay. I would go Johansson, then Soderblom. I think that if they needed a D guy, they're going to bring up Johansson or someone like that, because I think he just played really, really well.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I'll be able to answer those questions much better after uh, Saturday. After yep. I see him for a couple of days and I see what's going on at training camp, I'll be able to be pretty certain and who I think they're going to bring up uh, as opposed to who I think that they should, But I, or who's going to make the roster. But I think Edmondson ha- fills a very big hole, not a very big, that hole is much smaller now. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Chirot helped change that, but I think Edmondson is one they're counting on. Yeah. I think they need that. I think they need Edmondson on the decor. Uh, they need him on the roster.
0: I think he'll be on the roster. And I think that, they're going to put him on the same line with, you know, Sherrod. I think that would be a freaking dynamite pairing, to be honest.
1: We'll be, we'll be interesting to see if they have those two guys playing together a lot during training camp
0: or if you they're know pairing them a, up. You know, what would be a fun pair is Edmonton and Horonic.
1: Oh, that would be fun.
0: That would be really fun. So we're going on to the next segment. And this is kind of been, this is your victory like lap segment. And that was, woo,
1: woo, the save Cana- the best for last.
0: The Canadian government. <laughs> Uh, is probably gonna get rid of the uh, vaccine requirement to enter the country. Yeah, obviously we know we have the only player who didn't get vaccinated, which that's his right. That's his right. That's what he does. Obviously, every every time we talked about it, I was I was coming from the team approach, team approach, team kind of like the Bo Schrambler black uh, type approach. But, you know, you were all on this. You were like, nah, you know, whatever.
1: Personal freedom and liberty. Yeah, that's right, me. Right,
0: right. Yeah, that was you. You know, you're a yep. personal freedom person. I know you are. Um, yep. That's how you run your political stuff, too. But he's going to be on the roster. And he's going to be, you know, obviously he's going to be on the roster. But he's going to be able to play in Canada pretty, much, pretty soon. I, I expect a ruling from the NHL when this happens uh, eventually. This is huge.
1: Well, it's huge for Tyler Bertuzzi. It's huge for the Detroit Red Wings. It's huge for Tyler Bertuzzi going into contract negotiations because now where they could have put a chink in his armor on that, now that no longer exists, that's a non-factor anymore. So um, that helps him out tremendously from that perspective. And it helps the Wings out because they need to have this guy on the ice as much as they possibly can. And to have him taken out of the contention every time they go into Canada to play Canadian teams is a huge blow that and something that they have to constantly have to accommodate for, and certainly if you're talking about getting into postseason, you can't have a guy who can't play in some of those games. If one of the Canadian teams are in postseason, I'm pretty sure Toronto's going to make that. Uh, again, they're going to get knocked out at some point, like they always <laughs> the do
0: for <first> <laughs> but, <laughs> but
1: but they're going to at least they're going to be at least having to play in Toronto, I believe. So. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I will take my victory lap And in that I told everyone that this was going to happen. It was inevitable. The the way of the world was just going against the Canadian tide of their resistance to uh, allowing people to come in without vaccinations and all that other kind of thing. It was hurting them economically. Uh, And they were getting a lot of pressure from a lot of very influential people, just like we do. The same thing works in American government, believe me, and at all levels of government. You start having all the people call you who feel they've got some influence with you and they start putting the pressure on because their interests are being impacted by whatever policy is you set. So that is exactly what happened. It was only there was no way they were going to go a whole nother hockey season without getting some significant pressure. And I believe they did. And now they're going to respond to that. Some people would call it caving. Caving. Uh, I think they're just correcting it. Okay, they're responding to it, and I think they're making the right move—the right move for Canada, the right move for the NHL, and ultimately, like we're talking about, the right move for Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he wasn't their reason, but it's all—it's the right move for everybody, and they are going to lift that restriction. The word is on September the 30th. It hasn't gone to cabinet yet for to be voted on, but all indications are that cabinet is going to support that. And they're going to lift that on the 30th of September. The wings don't go to Canada until December, until the end of December. No, so it's it delayed they, a little.
0: They, they go to Canada the first week,
1: but they, that's preseason. They don't, they don't no, go to they, Canada. They,
0: they play Toronto the open season.
1: They're playing Canada on the eighth. Are they not the, playing Toronto?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm looking up the schedule right now. Um, yeah. I think, I think they're playing the, um, I think they're playing the, – yeah, I think they're – yeah, just go on.
1: Okay, so the thing is they don't hit a lot of significant Canadian problems until the after, end of December, beginning of January. They've got a couple of Canadian dates that come up uh, where they're playing the Canadians, they're playing Ottawa. Oh, you're right. Um,
0: Expedi- they're uh, expedition games for Toronto uh, at 7th and 8th.
1: Yeah, they're, those are preseason. So their first in-season game isn't until, I think, December 23rd or something like that. So there's plenty of time uh, until they have to go to Canada, even in the event that that particular decision gets delayed yeah. um, into October for some reason uh, or November. They've got some time. So bottom line is Tyler Bertuzzi will be playing in Canada this year. By the, year. Way, it's, it's, That's the
0: great. It's, it's December 23rd that they go on the road to Canada, and that will be against Ottawa.
1: Yep, yep. And, um, so that's when we're going to see them even that even being a factor, but it's huge for Tyler Bertuzzi when it comes to contract negotiations, to
0: be honest with yeah, you. yeah, You know what? If I, <laughs> I said this, yeah. when I, I said this when it happened, how much of you think that CVY was like, you couldn't have said this four weeks later, right? But <laughs> I already had him signed. <laughs> right. Damn it. Like, but, um, come on, man.
1: But uh, you know, and 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 two, this impacts the whole trade question and conversation yep. about the Tyler Bertuzzi trade and all of this, and it it changes the dynamics of everything when you've got a player yeah, and, that all you know can now play, you know, in ten more games yeah, or I mean, whatever. If,
0: let's, let's say you start. Let's say you start. Um, you know, you, you Let's say the trade discussions still continue. Maybe something happens. Maybe you get something along the line, but. I mean, you look at Tyler Bertuzzi. He comes. He, he's gonna. He's gonna be a very helpful, useful guy on the road. I think that's what they missed last year. I think they were. I think they were brutal in Canada, and obviously they missed Tyler Bertuzzi because Tyler was. Uh, he was an excellent player last year, and I really think that this is really good for the Wings because listen, like we, I we talked about it all the time on the podcast before, uh, about how you know Tyler Bertuzzi not getting his – like hurting the team and everything. Now we're going to start to see the team get back to full strength, you know. We're not going to lose him when we go to Canada. We're not going to, you know, we're he's not going to be pigeonholed by some vaccine mandate. I mean, people can agree to it or not agree with it. Who cares? I just want to have my freaking player on the ice. I don't really give a shit if he's vaccinated or not, to be honest. I mean, I know they'll rub right. some I know that will rub some people the wrong way, but like you're a personal freedom person, I'm a personal freedom person. I don't care what you do in your life
1: right it's all about are you gonna be on the ice or not
0: are you gonna make me are wait it's it's like it's like it's like i tell people with the lions i go are you gonna make me happy or are you gonna piss me off (laughs) and if you piss me off i'm gonna be pissed off because like i just listen we we're devoid we've been devoid of, of, of of good stuff in detroit but we're starting to turn the corner into like oh we're finally starting to see something but like it's been so brutal detroit like like there's been people that have like went to counseling and stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I can see good. Maybe the whole, everybody will get happier in general and they'll be more pleasant because I'll tell you, I've been running into some very unpleasant people lately. And I'm like, what is it with these people? I'm like, just get happy for God's sake, because running into your miserable ass is not anything that makes my day better.
0: This is where something might go off the rails, but you know, it's like when you meet a person, they're just grumpy all the time. Like one of my comments to people all the time is like, like you need to get laid because obviously, <laughs> obviously you're so mad and like you're, you're just high strong because you know, stuff isn't happening in your life. Um, I think it's time to, you know, go on a date or something and like get those frustrations out. <laughs> I mean, you look at, you look at people, they're all, L-l-l-l-l. you look, you go to Kroger. And there's, like, people, like, oh mad because they're out of tomato sauce. It's like, make your own tomato sauce, you deadbeat.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, as like I'm wondering, it, it is. It's these little things, you know, that just people go ballistic about. I, mean, like, I know. I, are you, know, you like, kidding me?
0: You're a politician, so, you know, like, I mean, it's like, you ever go on these these groups? I mean, I know you're in a chess field group, but, like, you go in these yeah. groups, and they're like, someone blew grass on my sidewalk, and it's like, why don't you go sweep it up? <laughs>
1: Well, it's like road rage, you know, I mean, I get it. Okay. I mean, I was following behind somebody yesterday. I, could, I mean, like, really, you're going 30 in a 50. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> do you have nowhere else to go. I have somewhere I have to get to, right? I was a little annoyed. But that doesn't mean I go, you know, bananas. On out a a at the stop sign. I don't yeah, get yeah. out. Pull, and...
0: Yeah, pull out a gun and shoot so, their car.
1: Right. I mean, I don't go up to their window and pound on it and say, Excuse me, you know, are I one too many Valiums today? I mean, what is your issue? You know, are you comatose here in the car? Um, I, I don't do that kind of stuff. You know, you just got to be able to. So it's just an overall happiness factor. And I believe that at least the if people can start to enjoy Detroit sports again, start getting back into life, getting back, and, and we start seeing some real something to cheer for and see that there's tangible evidence that things are changing away from covid and away from all this crap because i'll tell you that's the other thing that's driving me nuts with this covid thing yeah covid is over the pandemic is over but let me tell you i had three staff members affected by it in my department just this week alone i lost i had and for multiple days because you know why the kids have gone back to school the kids go back to school everybody knows this i had three kids i know how this works Every season, every just like a hockey season. Every season, when the kids go back to school, every school year, the first the month of September sucks, and part into December because or October because they're all around each other where they haven't been all summer. Everybody gets sick. Everybody gets sick at the beginning of school year. It used to be pink eye. Pink eye would run rampant. Now, do you see them like canceling an NHL season because they all got pink eye or something? I mean, what's going to the next thing going to be? Right? I mean, it just seemed like during the COVID period it's like every little thing. Oh, you got a sniffle. You got a cough. I mean, I know some people got really significantly impacted by COVID, but you know what? People get significantly impacted every year by whatever the viral infection is going around. Okay. Yeah. But it's like, we were all structuring our lives in response to these, you know, um, invisible little monsters that were hiding on all these surfaces and, and in the air and everything. And everybody got, paralyzed people are starting to come back alive and awake again so like you said make me happy or piss me off I think we've got a lot to be happy about with the Detroit Red Wings the Lions are showing up to something tangible to let people know you know what it really is over and we really are moving on to better days ahead uh, I think we need that in Detroit um, and I, I think I, th- I
0: think the Red Wings this do could that. be the start I think the Rubbings will do that. I think the Lions are actually starting that up. But w- the Rubbings are, we think the Rubbings are going to be a really good team this year. And like I was looking at the schedule just recently, there's a chance that they could start out with a hot ass streak because you look at their schedule and they, Montreal, New Jersey, LA, Chicago, Anaheim, New Jersey, they don't play a really, really talented team until they go to Boston on the 27th.
1: Well, I'll play devil's advocate. I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but I'm going to say the devil's advocate part of me is going to say, and if they don't do well playing those teams, there's going to be a whole lot that's going to be, they're going to be characterized probably unfairly. If they just have a bit of a slow start, if they suck playing those teams, there's going to be a whole narrative that's going to come out about the wings that that'll could dampen be, everybody's spirits. You know, that'll be me. That'll yeah, I know it'll be you. <laughs> I know, and I'm going to be saying, and I'm going to be saying, Joe, don't be hating on these guys right now. They're still gelling. They're still coming together. Look how much excitement we've got. We got a lot of this. The young guys on both the Lions and the Red Wings, um, make people excited. Aiden Hutchinson on, you know, Amin Ross St. Brown. I know he's in a second season or whatever, third season, but still young. Yeah, um, so you
0: got was, you got young players that you're excited about in Detroit. Young that's, talent. That's, yeah, that's yes. exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly this- it.
1: You bet, man, this young, fresh infusion. It's like everybody gets excited when there's a new baby in the family. Well, now we got a whole bunch of them, and you know what? They're coming to kick ass on top of it all. These guys are showing up, and they're they're essentially still babies in the league. So you got nothing but a bright future ahead is is, is the perception, and that's awesome.
0: Exactly. So you know what? This was a good podcast, Cindy. I know people are really going to enjoy it. They've been enjoying our podcast lately. We got two new five-star ratings on Apple. Rock on! But here's the thing when people, you know, we're, we're going to go through our training camp when you come, when you, with our next podcast, we're going to do a season preview. We're going to do a bunch of uh, gobbledygook before the season, but we're finally getting close to hockey season. So that's exciting.
1: That's very exciting. And I'm excited for everyone to get to know us better and uh, really enjoy everything that we're doing. They're going to want to make sure to follow us though. We got to make sure people know to follow us uh, certainly on Facebook, YouTube, all of our other uh all of our podcast platforms apple spotify all of that because as you know i will be at training camp and uh we'll be bringing exclusive coverage you won't get anywhere else right rink side uh from training camp practices and we're going to upload those almost as in almost real time uh might even do some uh facebook lives or something like that so you're going to want to be subscribed uh to us and yep. um we'll we'll bring you'll be able to have access to all of that footage
0: can't wait yeah. so all these people in Tra- Traverse city get ready cindy's coming and it's going to be uh it's gonna be um you're gonna be watch like,
1: out boys
0: yeah, watch everything out everything you heard city. is true <laughs> so we leave you with uh, or for the week and we'll see you next week obviously on detroit revings the revings podcast red alert and um, listen, go follow us on Detroit Rubbing's News, powered by IQ on Instagram, Facebook, and we're on Twitter now. Red Alert, the, uh, Red Alert Podcast, so you can follow us on Twitter. Just get there, start following us. We're gonna bring you exclusive, good Rubbing's content all throughout the year. So stay tuned to that, and we will see you guys next week.
1: See you then.